DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. I want to congratulate you, Hall of Famers. So honored to be in the presence Thank of you. Radio Royalty. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. It's a big deal. Big deal. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for, you know, what everybody else does. And y'all are just the best at what y'all do. We love y'all, man. Thank you for being the people's champs. Probably the greatest. All three of y'all. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What up, though, Breakfast Club? What up, though? What up, though? It's uh, Drake Saginaw Mission. All right, what's going on, brother? I was going to wish my wife a happy birthday today. 31st birthday today. Ah, happy happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, man. I love you, Jaquazi. It's Jaquazi. Can I shout out her uh, Instagram? Yeah, go ahead, brother. Her fitness page, man, Jay Fitness. Okay. Salute to your queen, King. Fitness 001. All right, brother. Salute to your queen, right, brother. Hello, who's this? Man, this is Tony Kim, bro. Tony, what up? Get it off your chest, brother. How you doing? How you doing, solid man? Peace, King. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I ain't, I, I just want to tell my wife, Brittany Blue, I love her, man. She's doing real good. She done got a master's. Now she's trying to take her license, and now she's like, I like for therapy, and she's studying real hard. I just want to tell her, I salute her, and I love her. Oh, uh, she a black That's woman? queen. That's a black queen. Hey, She's salute to queen. her. Tell her we need more black women in the mental health space, man. We need more black women therapists, psychiatrists. So salute to her. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Made it love. All right, brother. Hello, who's this? What's going on, Breakfast Club? This is for Joe. How y'all doing this morning? What up, Peace brother? King. Get off your chest. What's going on? I, yeah, I just wanted to uh, commend y'all on that interview with Dr. Sanjay. Um, not for Sanjay, but for you guys, because y'all killed it with questions. That was dope. And NB, you sounded more concerned than most I've ever heard you prior to you getting your, uh, your dad. You know what I'm saying? And um, great questions on that. And my thing is, with Sanjay, he's just a medical doctor, man. I mean, as far as a neurosurgeon, he's really not a biochemist, so he really can't tell people what's going on with the vaccine as far as that, like we all study. And Charlemagne, he raised some great questions, obvious questions, and he did, the man just put an answer. And it was like, I just wanted to. Damn. Yeah, I just got questions. You know, I got concern for my kids. That's all. So when it comes to my kids, I ask a zillion and one questions. I try to uh, make sure I'm as knowledgeable as 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 I can be when it comes to my kids. You know? Absolutely. I heard that. And um, again, where do we go from here now? Because these mandates are out there. And uh, like you said, medical doctors, if we don't have them, we're firing right now. It's just retarded. Like, like this thing is whole, it's just stupid. So who do you listen to? Listen to you guys from the beginning. Okay. And right about now, it's all confusing. I, yeah, I, I think I think the smartest thing to do is listen to the so-called experts, listen to the experts, and just make your own decisions, brother. That's what I do. You know? Absolutely. All right, brother. Thank you, man. You got it, brother. Hello, who's this? This is Mike. Mike, like... what's up, what's brother? Not much, brother. What's good, man? Bless black and highly favored. What's happening? Not much. Um, I know you're not supposed to pat yourself on the back too much in this, in this life. You got to be humble, but I just want to say something about myself during about the holidays. I was thinking, like, I just thank God because I came from, like, a single mother. I came, uh, two other brothers, man, and I 
raised up doing stupid stuff and everything. And now I look at it, I got a CDL, man. I got I got uh, beautiful kids. I got a beautiful wife. And I'm doing really good for myself. I was a worst kid growing up. And everybody thought I was going to be nothing. But I came out to be like a wise, real good dude. And I got a good job. And I got a good crib. And I'm taking care of my family. And I thank God for that. There you go. That's all. That's hey, brother. And it, it, that you should definitely tell yourself that every day. That's not patting yourself on the back. And so, and if you are, so what? I know. Thank God, I know. bro. See, thank God for it all. I know, I know, man. And I can't believe it. And and and, and my family, like, oh, they kind of mad that I t- turned out that way. I just thought I was that way growing up because I had my own past. But I'm on the search to learn it, and I am doing great, y'all. I'm telling you. I'm proud of you, King. I'm they proud of you. Crazy, I'm doing so good, and I, I swear to God. I'm proud of you, King. Absolutely. I am proud That's of you, too, man. Keep, you, keep going and growing. Don't stop. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, good morning, good morning, Breakfast Club, good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Get it off your chest, brother. Nah, well, I don't really got nothing to get off my chest. I just want to say that, you know, me and my wife, we just closed on our house last week. Congrats, last Friday. man. Congrats. Congratulations, no King. Doubt. I appreciate No doubt, I appreciate it. I want to give my flowers for all three of y'all. I listen to y'all every morning. I'm a truck driver. I'm out here doing my thing. You know, I moved from New York, and I live down in Georgia now. You know, and I listen to you. You guys have done a lot for the community, for everybody. Charlemagne, you are the man. Thank you, King. And Angela Yee, you are a beautiful queen. Congratulations on everything you got going on. Thank you. B- DJ Envy, how can a brother get a big truck in the car show? Let's do this. Um, I mean, I have no problem putting a big truck in the car show. Is it just a, is it customized or is it just a, a regular 18-wheeler? Yeah. No, it's, it's customized. I, you know, I did my interior. I did my life, you know, running life, all of that. All right. Well, you know, we, we could I'm tr- trying to get it on. Well, I'm glad that I got to. Wow, I'm on the radio. Let's do this. All right. Congrats, brother. Peace, King. <laughs> all right, bro. Y'all, y'all be good, man. Have a great day. God bless all three of y'all. You too now, brother. Hello, who's this? Oh, this is A-Rod. A-Rod, what up? Get it off your chest. Um, It's been in my chest for about two months now. I just want to ask Charlamagne that... Um, why can't you accept that Mr. Do Right and Kill Everything is better than Michael Jackson? Man, shut your shut up. <laughs> no, have a, have I'm sending you healing energy, my brother. Have a great day, okay? All right. Well, why? You just calling up here to raise my blood Please pressure. Please case. Why you think Drake is better than Michael Jackson? I'm not sir? having this conversation. Why not? How that's, old are you? That's all you got. I'm 23. Exactly. <laughs> so, Mr. So, so Mr. Do Right Kill Everything, Drake himself is now the greatest rapper of all time. Could you um? Could you could you like just you know go do something with your life, sir? You don't got nothing you could be doing this morning. You ain't got a job you can go to something. Go help your mama clean her basement. Like, is there anything you could do? Um, I don't want I you. I don't. Work, I don't. I don't. I'm, I, I hate I that. Well, I'm just asking you that. Why can't you accept that? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having this conversation with you on why Michael Jackson is better than Drake. You're not about to raise my blood pressure early this morning. Okay. Hey, you ever seen the? Hey, you ever seen that meme with that old man eating breakfast? And the young man asked him a dumb question. He said, man, just shut the f*** up. I don't even think that uh, Drake would say that he's better than Michael Jackson. You don't think so? No. Well, you have a good morning. Where you on your way to work to? Where you work, bro? Um, I'm working Uber right now. 
All right. I can always listen to you guys on the radio every day. I appreciate everybody. Love all y'all. Man, I pray to God that I never get in the Uber with you, man. Can you imagine being in the backseat of the Uber and then the Uber driver be like, hey, man, why you think Drake better than Michael Jackson? Let me out right now. Then take the long way to his crib. And just One keep star. Asking. Just keep asking and just start playing Drake music One star. Over and over. One star. And over. <laughs> all right, man, have a good one. <laughs> By the uh, way, to, yeah, salute to Drake, but come on, man. Stop asking stupid questions. Drake and Michael Jackson. There's only one Michael Jackson. One. One on one. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. There's only one Drake, too. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. I thought she was up here, so I thought you were up here before. No, my first time. She's like, a virgin. I'm like, I'm a breakfast club virgin. No, <laughs> I just know your face. Like, I grew up on you. So I just know. I was just, I just thought you were here. You're part of the family. I love it. Well, it's now we just make Johnson. It. Good morning. What's up? What's up? Good morning. Now, if you don't know who AJ Johnson is and you don't know her from Life Therapy and all the shows that she did, she was on one of my favorite movies of all time, House Party. <laughs> I, you know, I'm surprised you said that. Why? I thought you were going to say Baby Boy. Yeah, that too. <laughs> well, I was gonna say usually, usually guys say baby boy. Really? And girl, yeah, and girls really? say house party. Yeah, nah, house party. I'm, you know, I'm from New York, so it's it was like I grew right? up on it. So I, I want to start from the beginning, if you don't mind. Like, how did you get into acting? How did you get the part in house party? In house like, party. Let's talk about it. Oh my goodness, you don't have enough time. Uh, and um, you from New Jersey? Uh, Jersey, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I went to Spelman. I went to school in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and the beginning was Spike Lee shooting school days on campus, and so. Um, as a pre-med major, I still put my foot in the arts. Let's, let's go back to the real beginning. So growing up in Jersey, mm-hmm. my parents used to bring me up to the city. So every time I come to New York, it's real nostalgic for me because, you know, I grew up on Alvin Ailey dance classes and going to see Broadway shows. And so that's where I feel like the performance bug mm-hmm. got me. But I came from an academic family. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, you know, that's fun, but you're going to be a doctor. You're okay. going to be a lawyer or you're going to be an accountant. So I always saw it as fun until Spike showed up, his butt. He shows up on campus and he's like, you know, I think I want you to be in my movie. I was Miss Morehouse at the time, Woo-hoo. you know. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was kind of doing it at okay. school. And he was like, you know, I think I kind of want your presence in the movie. And I was like, yeah, you think? I need you to be sure. He was like, see, that's what I'm talking about. That energy. And so God bless him because he put me in school days and that started everything because it gave me my my Screen Actors Guild membership, uh-huh. which is what you need, of course. Exactly. That's to not be easy to get. No, and it's not. And so I, I love Spike forever for that because he believed in me enough to finance that and and the rest took off after what that. What about your parents? Because they already wanted you, you know, you were pre-med. Oh and- yeah. Well, I lost my mom my first year of school, but mm. but my dad and the rest of my family was like, no, 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 this is supposed to be fun. And my dad actually didn't speak to me until the house party premiere, because then he wanted tickets. Oh, so- <laughs> really? Did you for a second? No lie. Did you for a second say, I don't know, you haven't been talking to me? No, because I knew, <laughs> I, I knew. You know, and he knew we were close, so he said, "Listen, I'm just scared for you, like that life." You understand like, it, don't you? Know, he's like, you know, I'm from Jersey. I'm an engineer. I don't know nothing about Hollywood and auditions and red carpets. He was like, "But now I'm gonna find out because my girl doing it." So, you know. So break down house party. So how did house party come to you, and 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 what was the vision when you first seen it? Okay. Okay, well, did you know that I was in Living Color Fly Girl Choreographer? Yes. Okay, so actually House Party conflicted within Living Color. So Keenan Ivy Wayans was like, you got to do either. 
So I was like, okay, so I'm out. Love, and, and you're just gonna leave and live in color. One of the biggest shows on TV. But at the time, it was the beginning. It was growing. Right. I was pioneering. Correct. Right. So I called in Rosie, my girl, Rosie Perez. I said, listen, I got, I got to take a step back for a second. Go try to do this movie thing. I need you to handle it for me. That's of course, dope that you hooked a friend up. Because some people might have been like, oh, I got to make a choice. I'm out. Good luck. Oh, no, no, no. Because Rosie was, the, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. you know, as dancers, it was like Rosie was holding down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I was holding down the West Coast. So we shot In Living Color on the West Coast. So, I mean, and Keenan was a friend. So I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this opportunity, but I'm not going to leave my boy hanging. So I was like, let me get, let me go get you the baddest dancer I know, mm-hmm. which was Rosie. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Rosie and then, and you know, Tisha and I were friends because we met doing school days. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm trying to do this movie, I think. You know, they came to the location to check me out on Living Color. They're looking for a brown-skinned chick who can dance. And who and she's like, oh, no, they're looking for a light-skinned girl for the other role. I wonder if it's me and you. Well, now, you know, we don't have to wonder. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Wow. Do you think that Right? Deep, right? Do you think that your training and, and what you do, like, for people as a life coach, that helps even when you're on set just being there with people? Because I can imagine how pleasant it must be to be around you because you have a lot of the skills and tools to make sure that you know how to treat other people. Some people don't know how to do that. Yeah, I love you saying that, Ange, because I think that part of my life and personality is what got me to the life coaching. It was like, as people, as I'm, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years. So as as I work with different people, as I'm around different people, they're the ones saying, you know, can I talk to you? Mm-hmm. You know, can I get your take on this? You know, I heard you went through a hard time, but you know, I can't even, you know, you're not wearing your, your you know, you're not wearing your story. Like, how, how are you so up? And so that's where the life coaching came from, the psychology degree and background. I just started helping people. And before my dad passed, he was like, well, are they paying you for it? <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I'm helping my friends. He was like, well, can they pay me? Because I paid for Spellman. So can they pay right. me back? Yes, that's right. right. You know? And so in his passing, he said, you know, promise me you'll just try it because that's part of your gift and your talent. And, you know, you, you help people and you're in service as a person. But at the same time, that's a job. Right. So here we are. And TV One, TV One said, whoop. And said, we want you to executive produce. That's dope. It's your show, 18 episodes. Show us how you do it. All right, we got more with AJ Johnson. We're getting this free life therapy this morning. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with AJ Johnson's actress, wellness coach. She has a show on TV One, Life Therapy. Now, Yee? Question, Envy. Why did you cheat? <laughs> uh, a lot of different reasons. Insecurity is the main one. Mm-hmm. I like think one because when I was home, I was His issue. I was Rashawn Casey. But when I was in the street, I was DJ Envy. So I almost felt like I was a superhero. Like I put my cape on, I'm a different person. And when what part of your home, life, though? What part of your life did this happen? Because y'all been together a long time. Um, when I started popping. Yeah. And when was that? Mm, I would say maybe my late 20s. You was feeling yourself. Yeah, and, feeling myself because you got to think. I was, and I hate to say it, I was the kid with the glasses, the oh braces. Oh, see, here we go. Listen, I, he had them little tight short. shorts on with his socks up to his <laughs> um, knees. The nerd. My yeah. first name was DJ Shrimp. I was only five foot four at first. Oh, I thought it was because it's something else. No, shut up. But I grew from five now, foot four thing again. to six foot. So it was like, you know, as a kid, I was I was the nerd. I was, nobody was with me. Nobody right. was hollering at me. But now I'm six foot. I got LASIK. My braces are off. I got LASIK. You I know? got LASIK is number two. He <laughs> said I got LASIK. My glasses was gone. Was, I got LASIK. There was no more metal mouth. There was no more four eyes. There was no more none of that. Listen, and now nothing it's like, sexier than that's crazy. Gia done dusted you off, right? And fixed right. you up. She dusted me off and fixed me up. And now I'm 
I'm now you out there. I'm out, I'm out be you. great. But you know how many how many stories are the same, mm-hmm. male and female. Mm-hmm. You know the, the the chubby girl in high school who who couldn't make the cheerleading team. That was you. Yeah. All of a sudden becomes the beauty queen, and she oh, was she also was now like, like the ninety five pounds in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I so so I think what's great with you guys is that you have such a history. That's your foundation. You had to know you were going to grow up together. Mm-hmm. So that that growing years, I mean, most people don't really find their their person till a good reason person till like thirty. So you have all that growing and maturing to do before you lock down. If you lock down sooner, you're going to have those growing pains, as mm-hmm. they say. Correct. So you have to go through them together. Me and my wife wrote a book during the pandemic, which is which is comes out next next year. Oh, April. you better have them on the show. Um, but we talk about all that because I was insecure. She was beautiful. I didn't want her See? to go outside. I, you know, I didn't want her to wear uh, form-fitting clothes. Like I was that type of guy. Like this, the, the guy that if my daughter dated a guy like me, I'd be like, we got to give it this. I got a question. Yes, ma'am. So, is there anything from that guy? Because mm-hmm. that's a soul. Mm-hmm. Is there anything from that soul? Although we fixed a lot of the outside, is there anything on the inside that still needs healing? When it comes to that, no. You're Not absolutely sure. Absolutely so, why do you sure. think you don't want to know her truth? If, um, if there is something to you tell. You can't handle the truth. Well, <laughs> I don't think about the past. I don't think about anything. Do you believe that? About, he don't want to think about his past. And I don't why. think about anybody's past. No, because, but I think I it gets do me think... to a place where I don't want to think about it. Like some people, you know, they, they drink to forget about things or they use drugs. For myself, I focus on the future. Like I focus on my kids and the future and what's coming on next. I never want to go back to that person. I never want to think you about don't want to that go, person. But, right, you're just you're I know who forward. that person is, and I don't yeah. like talking about that person. I don't like, like, even with my wife, she got cut in her face, right? She had, like, 60 stitches. Girls beat her up when she was 15, jumped her, cut her face. I never want to think about that again. So every time she she brings that story up, I have to walk out the room. You don't even want to hear about it, talk about it. No more because I dealt with that. I didn't, we didn't cry. But you're healed from it. So you're already healed from it. No residual nothing. Exactly. If okay. it wasn't, I would, I would find a person and blow their house up, but I'm, I'm healed from it. Well, see, that means that you're still not healed. Why? Because you're telling that if you if that that you have thoughts of if you no, found I don't her. have thoughts about that. If I did, I would I would I would, I would have done it. You hear it what I'm saying? It is very complicated. I, I know, <laughs> but you know what? This is life therapy. Yeah, yeah. this is a great example of what no, life no, therapy. Is. Right, right. No, it is. It is, and this is what this is what therapy is. I mean, the reason why we're doing the show is to hopefully show the black and brown community that doesn't necessarily know or go to therapy. We're trying to show and hopefully succeeding, that therapy is this. It's exactly what we're doing. We're talking things out, looking for solutions in a safe place, you know, where you can feel like like you have no reason to hide your truth Correct. and open an honesty because the next step is moving forward in your life. You know, where you are now may not be the relationship you want in two months, three months. Right. You know, that that's the one thing, too, that I love about the timing of, of life therapy is that we're dealing in a time when the world keeps turning. And, and flipping, right. you know, we didn't know that we'd be here, you know, this long in a pandemic and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And we're getting ready to go into uh, another slump in it. Right. So our lives, our work, our relationships, our mm-hmm. families, everything, our finances, everything mm-hmm. is affected. Is it draining sometimes when you leave from doing the therapy? Because it's really deep. The things that you uh, have to discuss. Yeah. Like this one picture I posted on Instagram in the middle of shooting where I was getting like a vitamin IV because I was so drained. Mm-hmm. But but the difference for me is this is not a job for me. I really believe it's a calling. Right. You know, all, all of it, all of my life, all of my career has led to this. I mean, think about it. When you talk about clients and you talk about Stevie Wonder, Shaka Khan, you know, Beyonce, CeeLo, I mean, the, the list, you know, I've been so blessed to work with so many people and gain their trust to work with so many people. Tisha, I mean, the list goes on. What I love is that 
part of the trust comes from I've lived the life. I'm in the industry. I have struggles, but they're seeing where I'm managing my life. I'm, I'm managing my happy. I'm managing my mental and my stress. So basically the business came because they said, you're doing a better job at the management than I am. Please show me and teach me how you do it. Okay. Well, well Envy, um, they, <laughs> they, no. they say you sent Envy his invoice. <laughs> he said, he just said, you got, no, this is, this is my Christmas change, gift. You got change. This is my Christmas <laughs> gift. This is my Christmas <laughs> gift. And when I come back and see y'all in January, <laughs> now we're going to start charging. Uh, this, this is the first free one. It's AJ Johnson. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. It's here. The most star-studded black western ever made. The Harder They Fall, directed by James Samuel. Alongside a killer soundtrack that features original songs by Jay-Z, Kid Cudi, and more. Watch now on Netflix and stream the soundtrack now on all platforms. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. If you just joined us, we're just asking. I'm asking a serious question, right? No, I'm asking a serious question. Charlemagne, if you listen to The Breakfast Club for the last 10 years. That is a lie. You notice that I really think he's a little funny and... Funny as how? What you mean? Like, ha-ha funny? Or? <laughs> I don't know if it's ha-ha funny. Like, what do you mean? What kind of funny? If it's, I don't know if it's ha-ha funny or you serious, but he flirts with me all the time. I'm not right? flirting with you. And, the, the problem and, is, Angela, you've been off all life. week. And being that Angela, you've been off all week, you've been really, really, really flirting. And the final straw for me was when you played Trey songs about 10, 15 minutes ago and kept looking at me as you were playing the new I Trey did songs. Not. I, I think that's not. disrespectful to my wife. Well, let, let's let's go to the phone lines. A lot of people. Out what is there. the question? What is the question we're asking? The way you flirt with me is it disrespectful? No, to my is wife? the way you flirt with me disrespectful? No, that's the you question. Flirt with me. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, this is Brandy. Hey, hey Brandy. Brandy. Is the way that he, he hey. flirts with me disrespectful? No, is the way that Envy flirts with me disrespectful? Yes, it's disrespectful to your wives and to yourself because y'all not bisexual. Y'all should be flirting with each other. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. So we disrespecting both our wives is what you said? Yes. That's not right. You know, I I was in a relationship where the dude was gay and was hiding it. So that, they don't feel good on the woman's behalf. So you think, hold on. So you think that we actually flirt with each other? Yeah, y'all be flirting with each other. I listen to y'all every morning. I don't be yeah. flirting with any flirt <laughs> Really? So this is like a thing. Like this is really like they all really think we be flirting. And with she's an other. expert on this, by the way. Hello, who's this? This is Tom. This is all one wrong from Amityville. Tom, hey, this up, is Tom? a safe space, Tom. <laughs> so I need you hey, to answer man. a question for me. Is it disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? The way he flirts with me? Is it disrespectful to my man, wife? It is so disrespectful, Envy, that you don't accept the love that this man is giving to you, bro. <laughs> wow. What? All what right. Man is showing you the love, Envy. Take that love, bro. Nope. Take that love, man. I think Your maybe wife you understand. She understands. Poopy Boy Senior is on deck. <laughs> Let her know. You know what I mean? Let her know. Poopy Boy Senior is on deck. They just done. Tell his friends. Say, yo, they'll get over it. Tell them boys. They know they Poopy Boys. They father's just not on the radio. My goodness. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello. Who's this? <laughs> this is Roya from Brooklyn. Boy, young. Oh, Out the L. can I, I? I need to ask you a question. Is it disrespectful the way Envy uh, flirts with me? Is it disrespectful to my wife? Is it disrespectful the way he flirts with me to my wife? Okay, first of all, Uncle Charlotte, yes, you know you talk about Envy butt all the time. See? You are the one who bring up the butt jokes 
the gay jokes to everything when it comes to poor DJ Envy Booty. Me? See? You know it's you, Uncle Shotler. Me? Every time Envy even say anything that may refer to something that's not even on topic, you will make it that way. <laughs> See? That is impossible. Like, I did not invent a remix. <laughs> Thank you so much. See, it's the truth. He's disrespectful, right? No problem. So you trying to say Envy never flirts with me? No, I don't. You always flirt with me. Hello, who's this? This is Kim. Kim, do you Kim, think it's disrespectful you, to my wife the way this guy no, flirts with Kim, me? No, Kim, is it disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? Charlamagne, come on now. I have to tell the truth. You are always messing with DJ Envy. <gasps> I'm poopy finger? Envy, Envy. <laughs> You know Charlemagne is always messing with you, so it's Charlemagne who starts it. <laughs> right? What? Doesn't he? Yes, he does. Thank you so much, Kim. This is You're unfair. Welcome. Who is taking these calls? I'm just I'm just I'm just going through them random. Wow. Hello, who's this? Hey, how you doing? This is Grella Hardy, straight out of St. Louis, Missouri. You see the finest. You're talking up, a little bro? too fast. Slow down. What's your name now? Grellin Hardin, straight out of St. Louis, Missouri. You see these finest. Okay. Hardin. All right. Hardin. Do you think it's disrespectful the way Envy's wife? I mean, the way Envy. <laughs> the way. Do you think it's Whoa. disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? Or my wife the way he flirts with me? Hold on. Neither one of y'all should be flirting with each other. That's our way against the rules. What rules? No flirting with. You know what? That was a rule in the 50s and 60s, too, I remember. <laughs> Especially down south. All right? <laughs> Before the civil rights movement. And in a lot of different neighborhoods now, there's still that rule. Okay? <laughs> All right? I understand you. Yo, hello. Who's this? What's going on, man? It's Top. Yeah, what's up, bro? We're, we're Your name's is Top? It, is it disrespectful? I already know how you feel about this. <laughs> is it nah, my name is Ty. Oh, Ty. Oh, Ty. See, see, he was flirting yeah. with you. Is it disrespectful the see? way he flirts with me to my wife? I'm going to keep it 100 himself, man. Both of y'all flirt with each other, but Charlamagne, you're a little heavier than him, man. What do you mean, heavier? Heavier, like you're flirting is heavy. Like every morning, you, you notice something about envy. All, yeah, I, all I ever talk about is his beard. How do you not Talks notice about that my fake butt. paint on his chin? Call him Dominican Poppy and all that. I ain't say Poppy. That's what he said. I ain't that no That's Poppy what he said. now. Envy, you, you more like you more like you look at Charlamagne more than you flirt. They, 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 finally, somebody notices it. I don't look at that man. No, it's not my type. Hello, who's this? This is Jorge. Hey, what's up, bro? Hi, Ray. Is it disrespectful to my wife the way this man flirts with me? Man? No, it's disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me. Both of you guys are being disrespectful to your wives, man. You guys need to stop. As long as they're here listening to you guys, you guys have been a little too suspect with each other. <laughs> you guys should just back it up and go ahead and go on a date, man, for real. Why do you want all that? Uh, who wants all that? Well, I don't want that, but you guys want that. No, we don't. <laughs> What's up with you, man? Y'all so used man. to brothers not showing love to each other that you want us to date? Goodness gracious. Hello, who's this? This is Tasha. Hey, Tasha. I'm just asking a question. Is it disrespectful to my wife the way this guy flirts Tasha, with me? Tasha, is it disrespectful to my wife the way Envy flirts with me? Come on now. Honestly, if I were either one of your guys' wife, I would find it totally disrespectful the way that you guys flirt with each other. What? I, I, I don't flirt with, with that I man. Flirt with him. You do. Both of you flirt. And I'm I'm curious to know where, who started it. Envy! <laughs> he did. I mean, I, it's one thing to be cool with your, your man, your friend, have a bro romance and all that, but... Some of the stuff y'all say is crazy. Like I would what? be like, if I was married. Like what? First of all, the little booty jokes and stuff. <laughs> all, all that. 
is like over overboard to me. Tasha, if let I me was tell your you. wife and I heard another man commenting about my man's butt. I ain't never commented was, on his butt. I ain't never commented on his butt. <laughs> yes, both of you have. Both of you have. And if I was the wife, I know that you guys are just playing, but it's like, man, it's so common. Y'all always do it. I'm all right. There's no moral of the story. Stop flirting with me. The moral of the story is, let's get a room. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I ain't playing with you, man. This guy is crazy. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. A mother legend in here smelling like fresh weed and fresh leather. There you go. Snoop Dogg! Snoop. What up, though? What up, though? What's happening? Yeah, we show, we, uh, we, we've been giving uh, the people that we feel deserve their flowers their flowers. So we're giving you your flowers today. That's the, the, the the, there's not Snoop. enough flowers for you, nah, though. definitely not. <laughs> there's really some, not. We got some liquor for Snoop today. Get on his side, not on my side. Yeah, because you know, he already drunk. He been drinking all night. <laughs> <laughs> some Ace of Spades for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> gave me an old saying? bottle, too. Y'all gave me an old bottle. Got fingerprints. <laughs> it's got to be a regift. I already know what it yeah. is. <laughs> we got food over there for you. We got weed for you. All types of Thank you. I don't think Snoop wants our weed. No, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you smoking nowadays, Snoop? Bubble gum. I got some bubble gum cushion from the Bay Area. Is it indigo or sativa? It's indigo. Oh, no. Oh, I, I love I'm a man. <laughs> okay. So, so Snoop, with all the stuff that you do, all the businesses, all the acting, everything, the music, the tours, what made you say, you know what, you want to uh, help Def Jam out? Well, first of all, I'm a fan of Def Jam Records. And I just feel like I still have a lot in me. I feel like I have a lot of information, wisdom, guidance, and tutelage for a lot of these artists. It's not so much about me, because I'm not signed to Def Jam as an artist. I'm only creative consultant executive. So it's not about me as an artist. It's more about me helping to develop artists and put the spirit back in Def Jam the way it's supposed to be. Now, there was a period uh, when the West Coast saved Def Jam before. Yeah, Warren G. Yep. And my pen has something to do with that as well. Mm -hmm. you, you wrote uh, on regular? Like I said, my pen has something to do with that. <laughs> That's a hip-hop tidbit we never knew. I mean, because we was trying to protect the homie from Suge Knight at the time. Suge was taking everything, so we wanted to make sure Warren G had a dope record without him being able to get it. So we silently, me and Corrupt and a few others, went to work for Warren G to make sure that his record would be what it was. Wow, so, so, so y'all didn't mind him signing the Def Jam? Y'all didn't want we him? We wanted him to sign with Def Jam. We all wanted to be on Def Jam. Def Jam was a dream label. Mm. You got to understand Public Enemy, Slick Rick, LL Cool J, EPMD. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this is foundation to hip-hop mm -hmm. for us. And, and Def Jam was just the ultimate label. They had the best street teams. They mm -hmm. had units of people that would come there. They had Rockefeller, Murder Inc., Rough Riders. They just, everything was attractive to Def Jam and I want that spirit back. How do you get that back with so many artists wanting to go independent and go the independent route and saying they don't need the labels? How do you get that? How do you restore the feeling? Well, independence is good. I, I respect that. But there's something called global and independence don't give you that global approach that you know some of these majors can give you. You saw Meek Mill was saying he's never seen a check from his record label ever. Is that a common thing for artists to sign to a label and get your advance but then not see any money later? Well, it's about that word recoup. See, a lot of people don't mention that word. When mm -hmm. they put money up front, that means they want money back. And if you haven't made the money based off of your record sales or whatever your deal consists of, then you unrecouped. And that times leads you not to get any more money. That's why they like giving you money up front so you can owe them. But in the independence world, there's really no money up front. It's you taking the risk and you receiving everything. What about you with your first album? Because your first album was 
one of the biggest albums ever in the history of life. I was fighting a murder case, so I couldn't really financially, you know, gain like I needed to because my finances were spent on the case to make sure that I was going to have my freedom. You remember how much I had to spend on that case? Millions, like in the, in the, in the tens. Well, first, you know what? We didn't say happy birthday to Snoop. Snoop just turned 50 know, last week. Happy birthday, happy birthday, Snoop. How does 50 feel, yeah, man? When I see you 50, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I, I can do it. Uh, like I was telling one of my homies when I was young, 50 was old. You know, when you see <laughs> somebody right. 50, they be walking with their back length over. And they, right. Now we, we, we look at it like 50 is cool. I got six grandkids. I got a beautiful wife, some kids at home that love me, and I'm still doing what I do. I don't feel like I'm getting old. I feel like I'm getting better. I feel like the information and the knowledge that I have now could be used to, to spread around to the people who call me Uncle Snoop. So now I can give them real information and treat my nephews and nieces the right way by giving them game that they need. And edges laid like a mother hair healthy. <laughs> come on, Charlamagne. You know I come from that side of the family where you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's a lot of brothers I ain't going to say no name. I'm looking at they one. They dredges hanging oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at one right now that ain't got no hair in no, the corner. Zero. Forget me. I'm talking about the dredges be holding on like, Man. let me go. Let me go. Not another day. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did the pandemic teach you? Actually, it's what I love because I love being to myself. I love being self-centered and being able to breathe and to think and to be creative. It taught me that um, people need to understand what life is about and really, you know, treasure it and spend time with their loved ones because you never know when they're going to leave. Just lost my mom a couple of days ago. and uh, Sorry to hear that. Thank you. It's like it's heavy on my heart, but at the same time, I know that these are things that she loved for me to do to make people smile, to make people laugh, to spread joy. So the pandemic taught me to love people more, to, to be more up close and personal, and to be more understanding because there's a lot of mental health going on. And we all have it, but we mm -hmm. just ashamed to say it. So I'm just wanting to be upfront about it to say, yeah, we all deal with mental health issues. And the pandemic showed me how to be a better person when dealing with other people and myself. Is that why the song, I love anxiety with, uh, how you pronounce the name, Malaya? Malaya, yeah. Malaya, man, that anxiety record so so hard. Like, right, because we go through that, right? Yeah. It feels like we all go through that, but it's starting to become cool to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, if you said it maybe five years ago, people look at you like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. No, I just want some help. Mm -hmm. I just want to know what's going on in my head. Maybe I'm traumatized from my family from the 50s or the 40s, from the slavery and the segregation, and it's spilling off into my DNA. You never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been going. I've been going to therapy once a week for like five years now. Do it work? Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's not just therapy. Therapy gives you the the, the language and, and the understanding of what it is you're going through. But then right. you got to actually start doing real processes to to heal for real, for real. And so it seems like when you get in therapy, the most drama comes your way because it's going to test you to see if the therapy is actually working. Absolutely. You do you go? Or? Me and my wife went to therapy about like maybe twelve years ago because. We was having some rough times, and um, I spoke to a couple of friends of mine, and they was like, man, it, it ain't going to get no better if you and her just keep arguing and trying to figure it out. You need to put somebody in the middle mm -hmm. who's going to play no sides. Mm -hmm. And when we went to go see the therapist, it was the best thing that could happen to us because we had somebody that wasn't on my side or her side. They was just on the truth, and it helped us become a better you know, a better family to understand how to deal with each other. And, and condolences, too, on your queen, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I heard that, uh, what's the song? Um, the song with D Smoke and, and Wiz Khalifa. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Steady trying to deal with this pain. Man, I, when I heard that, I'm like, and that's the that last had song to hit out. different now. It doing. You know what's crazy? The artist Camino from Mississippi, shout out to Camino, he was calling me like, don't put this album out without me being on it. Let me get on it, please. And he sent me that song. 
and I heard it, and I was like, this is dope. But I wasn't listening to it for that reason. I was just like, it's dope. And he was like, I want Wiz on it. I put Wiz and Mm D-Smoke. Then I'm dealing with life, and then my mother passed. I'm like, why is this the last song on the album? This is God. This is the angel. This is what she wanted me to see, that you're going to deal with this pain, but you got to push forward. All right, we got more with Snoop. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Snoop. Now, let's talk about this album. What was your mind frame on this album? Because there's some songs you rapping on it, some songs you just letting people go, some songs you talking. So what was the mind frame of, of doing this album? Algorithm. Mm-hmm. The algorithm is f***ed up right now. It's based off of computers and some machine telling you what's hot, what's not, and what to play. When it used to be, DJs would fill records on the streets, come bring them motherfuckers in here, break that shit, and let it be what it be. So that's what I'm doing with this algorithm project. I'm just making great music with artists, myself, established artists, new artists, producers that I love, and just trying to put feeling back in music, because music just sound good, it don't feel good no more. Now, I'm gonna tell you something, the album slaps. I, I, told, I came here this morning and said that, but it don't, it's not a Snoop album. No, it's not. Yeah, it's a compilation. That's what it is. Okay. It's just using me as the front guy to get the attention and the awareness on Dev Jam and what I plan on doing at Dev Jam. Mm-hmm. You put my name out there and say, this is a Snoop Dogg project, then you start listening. You're like, damn, it's it's got a Mary J. Blige song, an Usher song, right. a new Red artist Mac, here. And, man, come on, Red Mac. Come on, I came out here first. That's what people don't know. Mm-hmm. When I first got the Dev Jam situation, I wasn't even signed yet. I flew out here and rented the studio, and who kid? Helped me get it together, and I went and got Benny the Butcher and a bunch of rappers that I knew that was hot. That record's so hot. Mm-hmm. And pulled them all in and was like, I'm going to save New York first. And what I mean by that is, it ain't hip-hop like it used to be out here. And I'm a from the West Coast saying that. And I want hip-hop back in New York. I want the feeling back. So what I did was grab some artists that I knew who represent hip-hop. Jadakiss, Redman, Method Man, Benny the Butcher, Buster Rhymes, Fab, Dave East, and put them on the project to let New York know that I feel the same way y'all feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Buster busted everybody ass. No, I know that's hard to say. I ain't gonna say that. Benny got busy too and kissed, but Buster was really Boy, in his Buster. bag in that on Boy. that one. Yeah. <laughs> but he was last. You know yeah. when you're the last that's nigga right. you get to hear that's everybody right. else. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And he requested that record. I had played a snippet on Instagram. And Buster Rhymes called me. Yo, General! Yo, send me that shit. <laughs> what is that? So I had to send him the track. Who would you want to see, since we talking about Buster, who would you want to see Buster go against on the verses? Buster Rhymes on the verses. Damn. Me and him was just talking the other day. He said, find me a worthy opponent. <laughs> Missy. Like, this sound like uh, a Maximus on Gladiator. <laughs> Either Missy or LL. I think LL, I think that would be a Missy one. or LL. LL would be the thing. I wouldn't see, I can't see Missy because it's too much respect between them two. Mm-hmm. And there's no disrespect between LL and, and Buster, but men tend to, it's a better duel as opposed to he's going to be nice to Missy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. He ain't going to be nice to LL. And it's LL ain't going to be nice to him. I get what you're saying. But performance-wise, I can see. because If he Missy... brings Spliff Star, it's a rap. You know Spliff. You know if he, he brings bring Spliff Star. I'm going to tell you all this. <laughs> I said this for the past 20 years. It's only two motherfuckers I'm not getting on stage after. Buster Rhymes and Spliff Star. <laughs> you thought I was going to say two others? I was going to take two others. No, <laughs> them two I will not, I refuse to. They are the epitome they of are. showmanship, mm-hmm. just energy and what a show's supposed to be. I used to go on tour with them, right? And I used to get on after them and I used to be so mad because sometimes the crowd be like, we already out of energy. We ain't got nothing left. <laughs> so as far as getting in the versus battle with Buster Rhymes, if he brings Spliff Star on the performance side, 
It's curtains. Tim could come out with Missy. They could do the little shoulder yep. stuff they used to do in the Missy video. Have her curtains. <laughs> <laughs> the last time you were up here, uh, I think two times ago, you, you were talking about your top five, and you didn't mention him, and then we talked about that, and he got a little upset. But we see you squashed it out. How was that conversation? Because I know you had that man. That conversation. I, I love Eminem, and the thing is that we love hip hop so much. We competitive. We battle rappers, so that was supposed to trigger that in him. But we brothers and we family, so we learned to to appreciate each other for what we do and how we get down. And we had a long conversation about the respect that we have for each other and the way we need to talk in public about each other. Mm. And I felt like I was out of pocket. You know what I'm saying? And I apologized to him and I let him know. And I'm just better in myself. You know what I'm saying? I make mistakes. I ain't perfect. I'm Snoop Dogg. Mm. Well, cheers to the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Oh, what you, you know about that? And M and, uh, what you know about that, Tim? Huh? Mary J. Blige. Hello. How did you feel when you got that call? In L.A.? Dr. Dre is one of my closest associates. So mm -hmm. when, I, when I knew he got the call, I was figuring that I was going to get a call soon. But to, to add, Eminem, Kendrick, and Mary J. Blige is, like, special. So what kind of Dre and Snoop we going to see now? Because, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of Dre and Snoop. So what, what, what y'all going to do on that halftime show? It is PG-13, but remember, we made clean versions. Okay, okay, okay. I, I would want to hear some Death Row. Yes. It's slide a G thing or something in there. I mean, that just, that record definitely just got to have G thing, right? Yeah. I definitely would want to hear Still representing for them gangsters all across the world. And yeah. California love. Definitely. Gotta do gin and juice. Gotta do California love, too. But remember, it's not just me and him. Mm -hmm. You gotta let Eminem slide out and do his, uh, nowadays everybody, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. they gotta bop that. Then you gotta let Kendrick come out and bop one with him, and then I'm sure Mary J. Blige yep. gonna pop that thing. She got one him, so... I'm anxious to see exactly what the format and how it's going to roll out. I'm just here to show up and show out and be there for my guy. You think it was political that they had to have five hip-hop icons, and, you know, Mary's the queen of hip-hop, so on the halftime show just to get it done? Because I feel like it could have just been you and Dre, and y'all could have bought everybody up. It could have, but shout-out to Jay-Z for um, going to war mm -hmm. and making that thing happen, putting the first hip-hop act on the stage. And, you know, people don't give him credit for a lot of things that he do. He moves his hand mysteriously behind the scenes, mm -hmm. and he does a lot of great things for people. And I want to give him a shout-out for fighting for Dr. Dre because I know that that's a part of my legacy that he fought for. So I appreciate you. I heard it was a fight it was between you and somebody, one other act. They didn't want us up there? I, I don't know if they didn't want y'all, but I just know it was a little... Oh, they was going to say either uh, them or uh, yeah, us? Yeah, 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 yeah. But come on, man. It's not like, come on, man. It's Inglewood. Yeah, it wouldn't make no sense. Long no Beach Compton, Inglewood. Yeah, Taylor Swift wouldn't have made no sense. Oh, man, yeah, please. Wouldn't, wouldn't <laughs> come nah, come Taylor Swift wouldn't have made no what sense. What is this? I Heart Awards? What's going on? <laughs> You've been begging Kanye to come out there and rush on the stage. Man, Kanye, I got a ticket for you, my <laughs> I got the back door open for you. I'm going to let you in. No, I'm just playing. Now, you, you got some really dope women artists on this album. Was that intentional? Very. Okay. Very intentional. And... A lot of it just came to me. It just came my way. Um, some of the artists just were brought to me. And I didn't even have a deal at the time. I just was making great music, and people was coming to the studio. And I was like, damn, these females sound good. And they don't sound like the girls that's out right now. And they saying something a little different. So I was like, let me go in and make some records with them. And we just made records. And, like, that's what I'm about right now. I'm about just the feeling. Mm -hmm. If it feel good, feel good to you, must be good for you. What Talk inspires to you to still make music? Because, you know, you do so much, but you're always in the studio. You're always listening. What inspires you to still listen? And, and when I go out, 
Because I'm a DJ too. I get that DJ bread mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. When I go out, Sorry, and I'm, Envy. Now, now the DJ bread went up after the pandemic. Boy, too, you better know it. Did, 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 <laughs> boy, especially if you, especially if you can rap some of your own songs to uh, the DJ. Uh, bread. <laughs> can you do that? I mean, if I had to choose, I mean, damn, Snoop I, DJ and Envy. <laughs> Come on, man. This I would take Snoop too. No, you know what? I get both. Envy just open up. You know how I do, you know how I present it? DJ Snoopadelic versus Snoop Dogg. I saw that. Wow. So I'm giving you a little bit of everything. And then when I'm out there DJing, I'm listening to music, right? And I'm like, it don't feel good when you ain't got no new music and you're in the club and you got to play from 30 years ago or 25 years ago. So it makes you want to say, I need to get me a hot record right now. So when the young rappers call me, if it's NBA Youngboy or this rapper, I'm quick to get with them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even charge them because mm-hmm. it's about knowing what they're about to do for me, but thinking what I'm about to do for them. Mm-hmm. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Snoop when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Come on. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Snoop, Charlamagne. You know, Snoop, you ever thought about doing a documentary on you and your evolution? I'm talking about from the beginning when you first came out, Wild Snoop, bitches ain't beholding the tricks to 50-year-old grandfather Snoop who has seen so much life has evolved as a man, a father, uh, husband, have you ever thought about that? Just showing people that growth is possible? Not really, but if I do it, I think you should probably interview me. I think that'd be dope. Because mm-hmm. you would get some good insight on your perspective. You looking in from the outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You seen the wild Snoop. You seen the one that was on death row, the one that grew up on No Limit, the one that came out with Pharrell that became a father, became a football coach to where I'm at now. So you would be able to have a different perspective, and I would like that because it's a different angle. Absolutely. It's I- wild watching you and Fat Joe change and evolve. Right? And you know where most of our evolution came from? At Minister Farrakhan's house after um, Biggie got killed. Wow. I called Mr. Farrakhan and I wanted to get with all of the rappers and he helped me put together a day at his house. Mm-hmm. And Fat Joe drove on a bus and he um he had some words for Ice Cube about, you know, the West Side Connect as far as like how the East Coast loved Ice Cube and protected him and had his back when N.W.A. went bad on him and how could he do this? But it was just a minor conversation that was needed Mm-hmm. And it made me respect Fat Joe because I seen he was a real man and he really loved Ice Cube. And for him to say that, that took a lot of love to say that I'm hurt behind you doing that. And we love you and spoke for New York. And me and him got real cool and close after that to where I watched him grow. He watching me grow and just to be on his podcast to be able to see us both hold that conversation and be grown men. It's evolution. How do you and your wife manage to separate business from obviously that's a super personal relationship. You're married, right. but she's your manager. So are there times that she can talk you like do things that you don't want to do or y'all bump heads? That's some fly ass on the business. Have your wife be a manager? That's fly. Does she have the final say? <laughs> she got the only say. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's what I needed because mm-hmm. can't nobody else challenge me or you know put me in a level of understanding and respect now, especially in the business. I mastered this. Shit. It's called show business. When I was on Death Row Records, I mastered the show. When I got with Master P, I mastered the business. And now I'm trying to extend that by bringing my family in so I can teach my family this show mm-hmm. business in case something is to ever happen to me. My wife is in control of everything. Not some mother over here that don't know me or my family and controlling my whole estate like some of my homies that's rest in peace. Like, it's people that's not even their color running their mm-hmm. and running it up. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want my wife and my grandkids and my family to have the rights to Snoop Dogg, everything. Do you still smoke crazy? What's the last time? What, what's how long can Snoop go without smoking? I know you gave. I'm waiting for, for you to hair up so I can get back in my uh. pen. <laughs> <laughs> you on the clock, Envy? While you, you don't. Bullshit. 
to lit up in here. Yeah, you, I know, yeah, but I would, I would never do that again. Now, 50 said you won't put the weed down to, for shooting. That's, that's what he did say. <laughs> I couldn't help it. But when I was Pastor Swift, I did, you know, give myself a moment to, you know, find my character. And, but Pastor Swift is a, he's a sinner that's changed his life. So, okay. you know, most preachers are like that. They got to come from the world in order to express the world to you. You can't be flawless and clean. He's got to come from that side in order to be able to relate to you, to know that he changed his life to help you try to change your life. That's every human on this planet. That's why I hate this whole cancel culture era that we How in. How can they? Exactly. Humans will always fail How many times you've been canceled? Because they cancel about seven times. I remember that. that. At least once a year. <laughs> At least. More than that. But what does it mean? Nothing. That's the algorithm. That's the algorithm. That's some <laughs> computer telling people that you don't like this and don't like this. But people are people. They have their own emotions, their own feelings, and you should be able to speak for yourself and not some majority of people speak for you. And we love you commentating the Olympics and all the fights too, man. That that sounds so, so much better. That's than, my lane. Yes, it seems yeah. like you enjoy it. Yeah, That's it why. So like you have better. so much fun. What isn't Snoop's lane? What I can't know. you do? He can cook with Martha Stewart. He can cook and... with Martha Stewart. He's a commentator. <laughs> I want to know what you've told, what you said no to. <laughs> uh, bungee jumping. Mm. <laughs> uh, they wanted me to play a woman in uh, some kind of TV show, and they wanted me to wear a dress. So I was like, next rapper. <laughs> <laughs> you always seem so cool, calm, and collected. Have you dealt with anxiety your whole life, or is this something you just noticing? I think I dealt with it my whole life because I grew up in a great neighborhood, but it was so much going on, mm -hmm. and I was able to be out in the mix. My mother allowed me to go outside and to, and to be a kid, you know what I'm saying, and to learn and to grow, and I feel like it taught me how to deal with life because when you see life up close and personal, when you deal with death at an early age, when you deal with life, when you're dealing with mental health, it just prepares you to practice to get ready for it as an adult. So I feel like all of my things that I learned as a kid prepared me as a, as a man for what I'm dealing with now. Yeah, I don't know how you're doing it this week, my brother. Mm -hmm. I would have canceled everything. Man, I, I wanted to. I was, like, when I got the news, I had, like, a, a show that night. I went to my room. I cried a little bit. And I was like, damn, what would my mama want me to do? Mm -hmm. She would want me to get in front of these people and give them a show. And I went out there and I gave it to them. And the last song I played was Stand By Me. God. And it's man. a particular part of the song where it say, I won't cry, I won't cry. And I took my glasses off and I didn't cry. In my heart, I wanted to, but I just was like, I can't. And they they was giving it back to me, and I was like, I got to keep doing this. My mama talking to me, telling me, you better not stop. You better keep going, and I'm going to be with you the whole step of the way. Have you and Dre got a chance to love on each other? Because I know yeah. he just lost yeah. one of his anchors in his life. And that's crazy, because I had called him and sent him a positive message mm -hmm. the day before my mother passed away, just being his friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he got the message, and he hit me back. He was like, can I post it? I'm like, yeah, go ahead, cuz. Like, you know, people need to know that how we get out behind closed doors, that we really love each other. And he posted, then the next day I get the news about my mama, and he hit me on FaceTime. He's like, man, my mom, because him and my mom was cool. Just checking on me, making sure I'm straight. Mm -hmm. That's what we do as brothers. I got a lot of lot of positive calls, so that's why my spirit is right. Mm -hmm. Minister Farrakhan gave me probably the greatest prayer I ever heard in my life mm. to let me know that my mother being out of body is her being present what I lie. Mm. And that's that's the thrill of life, mm -hmm. to get to that point. 100%. We're sending you positive energy, that's love, and light always, Snoop, man. Because you, you, you're such a light to the world, so we, we got to make sure that you always are where you need to be. You hey, know? man, I'm, I'm just a reflection of my mother, man. She she taught me everything I know. You know, shout out to my daddy for being there and teaching me how to be a man. My mother taught me all of the love, the qualities that you see in me, the, the, the storytelling, the 
the happiness, the fun, mm -hmm. the joy. That was my mother. She was the life of the party. You know what I'm saying? She was all of that. To me, she was my best friend for my first 10 years in this world. So my little brother was born, and then you know what I'm saying. You know mm -hmm. how that go. Absolutely. She was with the little brother, she the little brother became my mom. It had to be. Hey, I got kids. I understand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So that's why you so loving, because you definitely the type to be like, man. All oh, y'all come eat, man. Come eat. We got food over here. That's how we get out, man. My mother, <laughs> my mother is so special. When my uncle, you know, he was on drugs, and he had a son, which was my cousin, and he was in one of those homes. I was like 13 years old, and my mother talked to me and my brother, and she was like, I'm going to adopt Marvin. And she went and adopted my little brother and gave him our last name. Mm. And his birthday was on the same day as mine. And it, it didn't even, I didn't even have no envy towards him. I actually loved him and I loved my mother more. Now that I'm thinking about it, for her looking out for family and adopting him and giving him our last name and just showing that kind of love. And that's who I am to this day. I'm like, I'm an exact replication of who she is. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing that you were able to do great things for her too, for her to see you blossom into who you are. That was the beauty. And, she, and you know what's crazy? She dreamed of me being a preacher. Really. I can still see that happening. Right. So, but look at what I'm playing on BMS. Mm -hmm. That's right. Before she passed away. Mm. It's like, this is the spirit of everything just coming back full circle. And I made a gospel album, yeah. right? I made it for my mother and my grandmother. My grandmother had passed away. But when I had made the record, I had my mother come to the studio and I played it from top to bottom with all of the musicians. And she was so happy because she was fighting for me for so many years in the church to defend me. And I didn't give her nothing to fight with. Wow. And I finally gave her something. He gave her some That's ammunition. Wow. You know what she said? She said, now I don't have to talk no more. You can fight for yourself. Ooh. Yes. That was heavy. Ooh. That was heavy. You know, if I, I always wondered, like, you know, when you thought about, like, what C. Dolores Tucker was doing to you back in the day, did you ever, do you look back now and say, well, she was right, kind of? She was right. All of them was right. We was young and dumb and, you know, we needed aunties. Mm -hmm. They just didn't know how to talk. Yeah. You know? When your auntie, you got certain aunties that'd be like, Come over here, boy. Let me talk to you. Then you got certain aunties. I'm going to beat your ass. Come here. You run from them. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what it was. And remember, we were teenagers or either becoming young adults so we could use our voice back like, shut up. You ain't talking to me like that. Mm -hmm. But if you got the right auntie, you respect him and you like, yeah, auntie, sure. Uh huh. Like Maxine, Queen Man, Maxine please. Waters. We don't play no games with Maxine Waters. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. she's a frontliner. Mm -hmm. And she's always been our auntie. She's always put her arms around us and not try to scold us, but teach us. It's a big difference. Yeah, we got to do that conversation. Because, I mean, your, your evolution alone, it needs to be documented, man. People need to see that. Hey, I'm, I'm trying every day, Charlamagne. I'm just trying to be better every day at, at, at mastering me. And once people understand how to master themselves, then we're going to be a better world. Instead of trying to duplicate or be like somebody else, be yourself. Well, listen, Algorithm is coming out soon. Let, let Snoop go November smoke, man. We appreciate you for joining us, Icon brother. living. Hey, Absolutely. man, y'all got my spirit right. I didn't know how I was going to be this morning. Um, we love you. You got our spirit right, too. I love y'all, too, man. And this is, what I'm, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be back in front of people, chopping it up, representing my mama through the spirit of who I am. Absolutely. And being strong and being positive and not being sad and crying and being weak, but celebrating the life and just thanking God that I had an angel for a mother. But that's not weak, though. We love crying cry, crying yeah, and giving weak. yourself a moment to grieve, that ain't weak at all. That's human. That's human. But what, you wanna, can we play a record off the album? Mm -hmm. Which one you Let's want play here? Anxiety. Yeah. Go ahead. Charlemagne requested Anxiety. Let's play that Anxiety. Oh, Charlemagne, Charlemagne wants Anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is a miracle. There is no question that there are problems in this country between police and community. Yes. You are 
a donkey. The latest on that police killing of a black man. Now to new developments in the deadly spa shooting rampage. Uh, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. And so we are in a state of emergency. Okay, white supremacist violence is and always has been the number one threat to our society. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. All right, Charlene, please tell me, why was I your donkey of the day? Hey, donkey of the day goes to Abigail Elphick. Boy, when I tell you the mayonnaise is heavy on this one, I'm talking helmets on helmets on helmets. I mean, this is a high-fat condiment made from egg yolks, vinegar, and lemon juice if I've ever seen one. If you ever wanted to know why too much goddamn mayonnaise ruins the dish, this is it. Now, I am a resident of New Jersey, a native of South Carolina, resident of New Jersey. Uh, all my kids are Jersey-born except for my first one. She was born in Manhattan. Here I go oversharing again. I'm saying all that to say in New Jersey, there is a mall that my wife likes to frequent. Uh, she used to frequent often, not as much anymore. And and that is Short Hills Mall. Angela Yee, you're a, a frequent yes, uh, I am. visitor of Short Hills Mall. I was how, just there last week. How would you describe Short Hills Mall? Is it high-end? Yeah, it's very high-end. It has a Neiman Marcus. Yes. It has Chanel. They got the Herm store, the Hermes. Louis, Hermes. The Louis Gucci, Vuitton. Uh, Hermes. Tiffany's. Yeah. Christian Louboutin. The Louis Channel Vuitton. store. They even have Dior, uh, uh, Prada. Restoration Hardware, full store there. Yeah, high-end stuff that I can't pronounce, nor do they I care to learn to pronounce. Though. They did close sacks, yeah. No, well, I, I can't pronounce none of that stuff. My mom used to work in that mall. Fendi. Okay. I only care to pronounce black-owned luxury brands correctly, but Short Hills is a high-end mall. But this weekend, they were infiltrated by the ghetto. I mean, seriously, they might need to vaccinate the whole mall because Abigail Elphick pulled up and displayed a lack of class, education, and manners. I mean, just dangerously ratchet-ass behavior. I am currently reading a great book called My Grandmother's Hands, Racialized Trauma and the Pathway to Mending Our Hearts and Bodies. And Chapter 7 discusses exactly what we saw on display in Short Hills Mall, and that's white fragility. Also, the title of a great book by Robin DiAngelo. Now, what did Abigail's ghetto ass do? She savagely ferociously attacked and attempted to maul a black woman. <sighs> I don't want to mess this sister's name up. Her name looks like a store that's way too expensive in Short Hills. What is it? Ijeoma Yukinta? Ijeoma Yukinta? I think Beyonce got that new Yukinta bag, don't she? Oh, no, that's the Telfar. That new Yukinta not in yet. But Queen Yukinta was just trying to buy some damn clean drawers. All she wanted was some no-show cheeky panties, maybe some corded thong panties. Maybe she was getting a five-pack of cotton lace waist cheeky panties. I don't know you because know it doesn't seem— panties, bro. Well, I have a wife. Sorry that you don't. Know I don't know. <laughs> you wear the way right. you know Okay. Jeez. But I don't know what kind of panties she bought because it doesn't seem like she got the opportunity to do this because she was bombarded by this thug named Abigail Elphick, okay, who was chasing her around the store and then charged at her with her hands open, ready to strike. Oh, Abigail chose violence for 500, Alex. Until she realized that Queen Yukinta was recording, okay? Recording the whole exchange. Now, what happened when Abigail realized Queen Yukinta was recording? Huh. Mayonnaise. All right. That's what happened. Just mayonnaise spread all over everything and Victoria's Secrets. Would you like to hear the type of white fragility that has been sending black people to early graves for years? Well, listen. Oh, God. No. Excuse. Excuse. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Now you are. Oh, my God. Do you see this? I never thought nothing like this would happen to me. She just tried to run and hit me. And now she. Did you see her? They all saw her. Karen had a breakdown. She tried to hit me. Ask your workers. She tried to hit me. I just came to get my free panty. You know how you get the coupon in the mail. Yes. No, why don't she walk away from me? We're not doing this. 
You keep lying saying I'm threatening you, so I'm recording to protect myself. What? You cut. Yeah, look at this. Oh, y'all better get this lady. White people. I'm so mad when that coupon expires and I didn't get my free panties from Victoria's Secret. Yeah, she was wilding. Excuse me, can you find me these panties, please? I love it. Love it! The audio doesn't know justice. You really have to go watch this video to watch how whiteness works. Didn't D. Ray McKesson used to say something like that? Watch whiteness work. This ladies in Gettleman is white fragility on full display. If you want to know why some people push back on the concept of believe all women, look no further than Abigail Elphick, okay? Those are the same white tears that caused Emmett Till to be murdered. All right, because of Carolyn Bryant, who lied about Emmett Till sexually harassing her in a grocery store. Oh, we talk about Black Wall Street being burned to the ground, but do you know why? It all started after an elevator encounter between a 17-year-old white woman named Sarah Page and a 19-year-old black man named Dick Rowland. It was alleged that Rowland had assaulted Page in the elevator, which he denied, but it didn't matter. Okay, news of a black man's alleged assault of a white woman spread like wildfire throughout the white community of Tulsa. They formed a racial mob and burned Black Wall Street down. Abigail Elphick knew exactly what she was doing and why she was doing it. Because in America, whiteness means fragility. Okay? White people listen. Only you can prevent forest fires. Okay, I don't believe white people are inherently racist, but I do believe this American system is inherently racist. And when you are a white person who does things like this, and, and you know that this system is inherently racist, then you are weaponizing your whiteness against me. Therefore, you are racist too. Now, how do we fix this? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I really don't. What about when she laid on the floor like she was dead? I was like, why is she laying on the floor? Because that's how whiteness works. She was weaponizing her whiteness, her white fragility against, you know, this dangerous black skin that this sister possessed. Um, well, it's crazy that nobody was doing anything. Nothing. She was in there for like 10 minutes going off and nobody did anything. Nobody intervened. Security didn't escort the woman out? I don't know how we fix this. I don't know, but my grandmother's hands, the book that I referenced earlier, has some answers. Uh, what should we do in regards to white fragility? Well, I have a piece of the audio version, courtesy of Audible. It's a couple minutes long, but I want to teach my white brothers and sisters this morning. Uh, how do we solve white fragility? I don't know, but listen. A common form of white fragility involves a strong and immediate defensive response whenever a white body is challenged on the subject of race and equality or whenever the topic of race emerges. This has inspired a contorted form of white self-talk. We white people are incapable of soothing ourselves and feeling safe in the presence of black bodies. Mm. White fragility is a reflexive, protective response, a way for the white body to avoid experiencing the pain of its historical trauma inflicted by other white bodies. Oof. Many white Americans need to be confronted firmly and compassionately on their white fragility. Much of that fragility is a trauma-driven, lizard-brain defensiveness that quickly fights, flees from, or freezes out all such caring confrontation. There is only one way through this stalemate. White Americans must accept, explore, and mend their centuries-old trauma around oppression and victimization. Mm. Whiteness does not equal fragility. Nope. That's a dodge created by white fragility itself. Yep. It's a way for white Americans to avoid the responsibility of soothing themselves, Facts. metabolizing their own historical and secondary trauma, accepting and moving through clean pain, and growing up. Growing the hell up. Please let Kathy Griffin give Abigail Elphick the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Let Chelsea Handler get in on this, too. I know she got something. Hee-haw! 
That is way too much Dan mayonnaise. That's right. Chris Rock got anything to say? Cracker ass cracker. All right, we got more coming up next, so don't move. Happy holidays. Don't go anywhere. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? My name is Duchess. Hey, Duchess. What's your question for ye? So, my best friend of 20 years broke up with me because she said that I've changed and I'm high and mighty. Mm. So, I started a podcast. And when I get invited <laughs> to things, because I'm a small fry, you only get one invitation. Or mm-hmm. if you get two, I take my husband. Right. And so, like, she sees the promo pictures afterwards and she'll be like, oh, you got invited to something. You too good for me. And I'm like, that's not the case. You know, like, I'm going to say this. There might yeah. be some things going on in her life, and she might be projecting that onto you. Yeah. And you're her best but friend, I just, so I, I'm sure you know. It, it feels like maybe there's some things that she's disappointed about that she doesn't have going on. Maybe things are advancing for you, and she doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah, I mean, if I was to a point where if I if I got invited to stuff and they're like, oh, bring five friends, absolutely. She would definitely mm-hmm. be in the five friends or maybe even the three friends, too. But, like, <laughs> when I get invited to stuff, I can't bring an entourage because I just got started in the podcast game. So Right, I can't. and she doesn't understand I mean, that. Mm-hmm. What no. the hell you live just at that it. people inviting you to places because you got a podcast? Well, it's like virtual things right now because of COVID. But I live on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So she wants to be able to come to these virtual events and and maybe be supportive of you? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. But at the same time, if I I, I have an event, then buy a ticket, sis. You can't invite me to a Zoom event? I'll beat you up. (laughs) Give me that goddamn link. What the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) I want to say, listen, I just want to say that the most amazing friends are the people that support you. And support also doesn't mean I got to get in free everywhere. That also means maybe I spend a few dollars because I see what it is that you're trying to do. And like speaking of free stuff, like she very seldom does she ever share my podcast. Like, (laughs) are you really a supporter or you just want to go to these nice things that I get to go to? It's a Zoom event. (laughs) (laughs) What does she have going on in her? Like things going well for her on her end? I thought that they was like she has like a little cake pop business and like I'm always sharing her stuff. I said a little cake pop business. You heard that hated me. You got a little cake pop business. You a hater, little cake pop business. You a hater. I have a little podcast. Whoa. Well, you know I'm feeling kind of salty because she heard my feelings last night. You know, it seems like y'all just had a little blowout and some things have simmered and then it exploded. But I don't feel like this is the end of it for you guys. It just feels like there's some unresolved things that are underlying under this. The best thing you can do is ask her, what do you want us to do moving forward? What can I do to be a better friend? And y'all got to be open and honest and willing to hear each other. And when she tells you how she feels, you have to be willing to listen and be open to receive that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Maybe you know, I, sometimes it's very I, I simple. I mean, look, the best thing you could do right now is order some items from her little cake pot business. Y'all so foul, man. <laughs> Y'all so foul. She made me mad. She said some really mean things to me last night, like stuff I you think 
abroad on the street would say, I almost cussed. I had to make sure I had to keep it together. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. she said some really hurtful things to me. And, you know, I worked really hard on this podcast and building the brand up. And what is this podcast? We want to know because you on on The Breakfast Club and you haven't said the name of it once. Oh, the name of the podcast is called The Cashmere Room. It's like adult story time where I tell sexy mm-hmm. stories. Hey, tell us and one now. Tell us one now. Tell us one now. Oh, gosh. Tell us and one me. now. Mm-hmm. So it was the first night of the first full moon of 2019, and I decided to touch myself. I touched my arms and my shoulders, my legs. I gave myself some good self-love. I turned myself into a goddess right before the moon. You got a podcast about masturbation? <laughs> no, she's, she tells different stories. I see it's, it's I see, like, I see. your last uh, one was like on your submissive persona. You have a submissive yes, persona? Yes, yes. Okay. I found it already. But I tell it comes like right up. Story time. So it's like erotic poetry. Oh, Ooh, let me tell you what. Why don't you do a sexy story involving her little cake pops? That's a good and y'all can idea. do something That's together, yeah. That's what y'all need to do. Y'all friends, y'all gotta collaborate. I gave her a little anal swab with a cake pop. She Ooh, you so nasty. You got, but it's got to be artistically nasty though. But I like yes. it. I like yes. it. Yeah, you can't just be shoving a cake pop up your <clears throat> for no, no. reason. No, <laughs> gonna get lost. Hey, how how else we gonna get the chocolate in this German cake? What is wrong with you, man? You've been kinky all morning. I'm glad I'm not in the studio. You've been kinky all morning long. Man, man you definitely need to listen to the video, to the stories. Listen, you Yo, and your best friend should do a podcast episode together. Yeah. Why is Charlemagne's hand under the desk right now? Look at Charlemagne. Why is his hand under the desk? Because the Duchess got him going. I got him going. Okay. You got him going. What I do is I tell stories. So I I don't have interviews, but I think that you're right. If I offer her like a promo commercial in one Mm -hmm. of my podcasts, I think that, you know, and send her like some flowers or something today. Like, let's bury the hatchet. Because we've been friends too long to let this thing come between us. Y'all can't let your egos make you guys uh, not be friends anymore, you know? We thought partner with you and bring you on the Black Effect. She's going to really <laughs> hit you in. She, I know, right? I'm, I may have to bring her with me. I may have to bring her with me. No, so we don't got like, that kind of budget. We now. made it. We ain't got that kind of budget. Well, she's <laughs> out of luck. Mm-mm-mm. Not like All it. right, well, this you did different. a good job, Dutch. You, you got Charlemagne sweating, so you know you did a good job. Yay. No, this is different. I'm looking at it. I like the presentation. Erotica stories, poems, and monologues with Duchess Cashmere. Yeah. Not I got a new one coming out very soon. Okay. Your friend really well, ain't messing I, with you no I more. Me, if I can get my, me and my best friend back together. But I think that's going to be a good idea if I just partner with her some kind of way and kind of show. I'm not trying to leave her. I'm really not. I'm just trying to take myself up. All right, good. Well, I like that. See, look at how quickly you turn that around. We love it. I All love right, her. Mama. I hope she's listening because she listens every morning. So I hope she listens so I can be, girl, I love you. I want us to be back friends again. Like, this is not conducive to. No, you got to write a poem. Write a poem called Cake Pops and really express your love. And you know, wait. I'm serious. <laughs> write you a also, poem called you also, you also did not plug her Cake Pop business. It's called Paula's Cakes in Corpus Christi, Texas. She gonna love you now. All right. Ask ye 800 If you need relationship advice, hit it now with the <laughs> Breakfast Club. Go. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club.
We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Chicken. Hey, what's your question for Ye? Um, hey, Angela. Um, hey, girl. Okay. Well, I am 27, and I've been had like this insecurity all my life, like since I've been having sex with getting on top. Um, okay. Like, I have a boyfriend that I'm with, and we've been together for like two years now. And in those years, we've done it twice, like where I've gotten on top. But like, I think it's an insecurity thing. And I actually just really don't know how. So I'm just trying to, you know, get some advice on what I need to do. Is it like a rhythm thing or is it being so exposed that you're on top and he's looking at you like every, and he can see you every, and see everything? Honestly, I think that might be what it is. Because let me tell you something. He obviously loves what he sees. And I'm sure for him, the visual of seeing you on top is just amazing. And sometimes I think we put too much on ourselves and worry about how we look. But trust me, guy seeing his girl naked on top of him, no matter what insecurities you might have about your body, he loves everything about it. He tells me that. And I mean, and I listen to him and I love him just as much as he loves me. It's just, I guess, I don't know. I just be... I don't know. Sometimes I even, like, if I'm in the bathroom and stuff like that, I'm covered until we get in the bed. Like, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just my whole body thing, like, I'm insecure about. And he wouldn't be with you, and I'm sure that he, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word to use. Can I say ejaculate? I'm sure that he ejaculates every time, right? Yeah, he does. Well, clearly he likes what he sees, and he likes how it feels. And you have to trust that. He's looking at you and he's seeing something amazing and you're looking at you and being too critical of yourself. And I will say if there's things about yourself that you don't like, that you feel like, okay, you know, maybe I need to work on this. That's fine. You can work on things on yourself, but he loves you how you are. He wouldn't be with you and he wouldn't right. want and you to I be on. I actually time. told him, like, I think it's my, I think more or less like with my stomach and stuff or whatever, I was talking to him about lipo and he was just like, I would not like that if you went and did that. I think you're fine how you are and, you know, it's so, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I'm doing it. I'm doing a detox. If you want to do the detox with me and I'll send you um, the meal plan, the detox now, but sometimes it's just little things that can give you some more confidence, but I promise you this is how you start off on top. Cause that is one of the best positions. And uh, for a lot of women, it's the easiest way for us to have an orgasm because of the positioning. But I will say maybe you start off on top where you're laying on top of him. You don't necessarily have to be sitting up and then you can advance to that where you drop it on him, but maybe you just lay on top so he's not, so you're not feeling so self-conscious until you feel more confident in that and do it at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, have a little okay. candlelit so it's just like you just see the silhouette and then and then you'll feel more confident. But trust and believe your man loves what he sees and that's a, a beautiful thing. And men love confidence too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> when I'm feeling my best, it, it makes him happy, so yeah. And girl, don't be afraid to do that reverse cowgirl too. You know, turn around. <laughs> okay. Give more events. All hey, right. Peace, peace, hey, peace, Queen. How are you? Have a good I'm night fine. tonight. I, I think you should us out tonight. All right, Mama. Have fun tonight. All right. I will. All right. That crybaby challenge on that. Ask ye eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. The hell is the crybaby challenge? He's done it before for sure. All right, we got more. Don't move. It's the best of the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. It's that time again. Ask Charlemagne and DJ Envy anything. Pick it up, pick it up, pick, pick it, it up. up. It's time to ask C and E.
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now it's time for Ask C and E. Angela Yee is out, so Charlamagne and I will be holding it down. So let's go to the callers. Hello, who's this? Hello? Hey, what's up, bro? What's your question for C and E? Order me something, man. Hey. Order me something, man. Give me hey. something. Hey, Charlamagne. Yeah. Listen, uh, I got a question for you real quick. Like, look, I got, I've been married for like 17, 18 years, right? I'm disabled military. I got 100% disability. I, I originally called to say something about my wife. But if there's any way, look, I need your help. I needed your help like a year ago. Because one of my disabilities is like PTSD and all that stuff. And I almost killed myself. I got two kids, right? And mm. the reason why I'm calling you is because you always speak about mental health, right? And yes, sir. I'm Dominican. I'm Dominican, right? So we don't believe in that. So just like black people. You know I mean? I consider myself like, not, not that I consider myself black. That's not what I'm saying. But we I, are I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay, cool. I want you to take my number because I'm going to need you. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm getting help right now with my mental okay. health. You know what I'm saying? And I'm getting better. But what I'm saying is I try to call this radio station before because I feel like, you know how sometimes God tells you like do something and you you either listen to it or you don't, you know what I'm saying? So I was calling you back then when I was in my darkest place because I feel that you had the answer to help me out. Well, I tell you what, um, I don't have all the answers. You know what I'm saying? I'm still going on my journey just like you're going on your, your journey. But I do have a lot of resources and a lot of people that you can talk to, people that, you know, have, have helped me get through. And I have no problem sharing those resources with you, my, my Dominican brother. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on one second. No, just, we're not gonna just, hang up. We're gonna get your information. I, I got a real question for the brother, though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask, ask me the question. You're a Dominican, right? Yes, sir. How many pair of white jeans do you own, or have you owned? See, I knew it throughout knew your it. life. Seriously. <laughs> hold on, like seriously, I, I probably like once or twice because there was a white party, and I needed okay. to buy everything white. Okay, okay. So All okay. Dominicans don't have white jeans, Charlamagne. Hold on, man. I didn't man say that. You asked that man about his I'm white about, jeans, man. I'm about to get your, I'm gonna get your number. Leave your number with the producer. Goodness I'm gonna gracious. hit you, um, I'm gonna hit you in the show over in like an hour, all right? Goodness gracious. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Magic. Magic, what's up? What's your question for T&E? Yo, man, I got, I got some questions, man. Uh, a little relationship problem I got going on right now. Been with my girl for a year. She got three mm -hmm. kids. And uh, she's pregnant with, now with uh, uh, the fourth one by me. This is my first one. But, like, it ain't easy for oh, me, she got man. three like, from another man. No, she got, she got three yeah. different baby daddies. Oh, oh she, well, she has four now. Four baby daddies now. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and it's been rough for me, man. It's like, I go through hell. I, I do everything she has me to do. Basically, I've been a do-boy for her since she's been pregnant. And she calling me selfish just because... Like I, I I complain or something like that for getting up in the middle of the night doing something for her. Like I'm doing it so shut up, but she don't I, respect I, I you, bro. Know, it's it's kind of hard to respect the fourth baby daddy. You know what I'm saying? It, I'm I'm scared for my life though, for real, man. I, I ain't saying why that. Are you scared, scared for your life? life? She put hands on you? Yeah, she has. She has. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you this is easy for me, bro. bro. No, I ain't. No, I'm saying this, this is one time incident, but that's what she used to. No, nope. done that in her past. And I'm toxic woman. Her, I'm not that guy, you know, from I'm not your ex baby daddy or nothing like that. Wanna come home, get drunk and put you know, put my hands on you and stuff like that. You know, I, I communicate, you know, just talk to me. Whatever the problem is, we'll try to solve it instead of just arguing back and forth. But 
like I said, she ain't got that in her. And now she's pregnant, and, I, and now she's talking about she don't want to be with me no more. And that's not what I want out of my life. My first child, I want to be all family, not just. Oh, being man. Somebody I feel bad for you, bro. If you, you're in a abusive relationship you're with somebody that's toxic. Oh, man. Are you taking care of the other three kids, too? I'm 31 having my first child, and it ain't how I want it to be. Are you taking, are you taking care, care of the other, other three kids, kids too? It's really driving me crazy. Boy, if you don't listen to me, are you taking care of the other three kids? Barely. Barely. <laughs> are you taking care of them? So you are. No, I'm saying like I, I do what she asked me to do for them or whatnot. Oh, <laughs> listen, if the roles were reversed and you was dating a toxic man with four different baby mamas who put hands on you, what would your girls be telling you to do? Leave. Man, people been telling me to leave, but I just didn't listen. I don't know why. I really well, don't know Listen to your leave, goddamn man. girlfriends. Your girlfriends you are telling you to leave right now. You said you fear for your life. She puts hands on you. She makes you do everything. You sound like you do everything and you're about to lose it. So you better leave her me, alone before she hits you with a, 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 a frying pan, some grease. Or your girlfriends. Something. I'm Tony Childs. Okay. Envy is Joan Clayton. We telling you to leave, Maya. Okay, actually, you would be Lynn in this situation like this. This is something Lynn would get herself into. All right, you got she, she got three kids already from three different baby daddies. You got one on the way from you. Be a father to your child, but this sounds like a very toxic human that you're dealing with, and she needs to get some healing. And when she gets some healing and becomes the woman that you need her to be, then you can be with her. I told her. Yeah. I told her she was talking about getting married and stuff before the baby get here. I told her if you want to do that, we're gonna have to go to counseling. She told me she don't need that. <laughs> really? It's just stressful, man. It's really putting a toll on me for real. You know what toxic people do? They they never let things go. They can't move forward. They bully. They intimidate. They lie. They create drama. They play the victim and they act out of fear and insecurity. That's all that person is doing to you right now. You gotta go, bro. Be a father to your child. That's a very toxic woman. She sounds like the future of females. Repeat after me. I am strong. I am strong. I will not let her hit me anymore. I will not let her hit me anymore. What? I will not <laughs> let her hit me anymore. That's right. I am strong. I am a good man and I am a good father. I am strong. I am a good man and I will be a good father. There you Nigga, go, Where brother. you got that written down at, Envy? And why you? Just what, what, right is now. that I'm your daily him, affirmation? I'm trying to give him self-esteem to make him feel good this morning, man. Brother, you go out there, you have a great day, and you take care of business. All right, brother? Eliminate all toxic people from your life, man. Why do we always give people more chances than, than they deserve? Why do we do that? that man a little self-esteem. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. It's here. The most star-studded black western ever made. The Harder They Fall, directed by James Samuel. Alongside a killer soundtrack that features original songs by Jay-Z, Kid Cudi, and more. Watch now on Netflix and stream the soundtrack now on all platforms. Listen, the positive note comes from Steve Jobs, all right? Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? 